I play rugby for that physical contact and that physical, I suppose, man-on-man -man experience. If there wasn't a rugby outlet, we'd probably be all thugs. So it's basically man v man, and it, it, it is a question of who wants it more and who's willing to dig that little bit deeper. Hi, I'm John Muldoon. Yeah, I think the, the derbies are always special. I think there's always that little bit of uh, extra bite involved in them because you know people so intently and you've grown up playing with them or playing against them and it just adds that little bit of spice to it. You a betting man? Yep. I'll bet you 20 euros if you win this thing, you're in tears within 10 minutes of the final whistle. <laughs> that is an absolute, complete losing bet for me, but I'll take it. There was a, a moan from the crowd after five minutes when they got their try and I, I think uh, it was probably a bit of, oh, not again, but in fairness, the lads pulled it out of the bag and there's more heart and there's more desire there than maybe people uh, think. Can't go to touch. We're over the 80 minutes. Muldoon's asking the that question. Go to the yeah, you're, you're allowed to go to the to them, yes, line uh, out, line out, and then I'll just throw. Yeah. Of course, that's international. the new directive, isn't it? What a moment. Uh, uh, being honest, I, I don't really know what to say. I'm, I'm lost for words. You were the man of the match, John. Who else could it possibly have been but you? Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the Leinster Home Edition and it's Mull's 300 game. Yeah, it's a great night to be here. It's a lovely April evening. It's a bit cool, but the uh, crowd are flocking in. This has been a sellout for weeks and uh, it's going to be a really, really big night. It certainly is. And, like, the place is almost full. We're doing this a little bit earlier than normal. It's just coming up to a quarter past seven. We don't kick off for 20 minutes and the place is packed. Yeah, people have been streaming in, people have been talking about the game. Obviously a lot of attention on John Muldoon. He got a great reception when he just came out to do his warm-up. And uh, I expect he'll, he'll get an even bigger one when he comes out. Big chance for Connacht tonight, I feel. Leinster, I'm not going to call them a weak side, but they probably have sl selected a few people that uh, maybe normally wouldn't be selected for a game like this, but they've got a big European game next week. It's an opportunity for Connacht. We need to up our game significantly from what we've been doing recently. But I think the atmosphere in here tonight might do that. I think so as well. We'll talk again on 20 minutes.
as it happened he was tackled on the 10 metre line now the ball squirts loose and Owen Griffin has to tidy it up and he does that well 17 and a half minutes gone first half 12 points for Leinster 6 for Connacht Tiernan O'Halloran just going to try and do it himself now he takes on the man on the outside and now he's taking on Dave Kearney and he leaves Dave Kearney for dust almost Kearney somehow got his ankles but a good offload from O'Halloran Connacht into the 22 good platform fantastic outside break by O'Halloran recognising he had a forward in front of him and he's really set the platform up for his uh, for his team now as they take the ball through and across the 22 Craig Ronaldson now crossfield kick what a kick to Danny Pullman from Jeff Hardy and two Danny Pullman is in under the post beautiful Cardi was celebrating that before Pullman even caught it fantastic piece of play absolutely perfectly judged kick pass and Pullman runs flying onto it goes in on a post and dots it down under the back of the post we said a few minutes ago that it was very important that Connacht get a score just to get the reward for all the good approach work and they've got it now this game is really really hotting up real drama there from a Connacht perspective real positive attacking play Okay, William, it's just gone 20 minutes. Connacht lead 13-12. Two tries for Leinster, one for Connacht, but it looks like uh, Leinster have a penalty to go ahead. Yeah, it's been an amazing 20 minutes. Uh, Connacht hanging on a couple of times. Um, nicely worked try by Kirshner and then a, an, an intercept try. But they've played themselves back into it by some pretty hard rugby. They've lost knee out of locum to an injury. It's real harem tearum stuff. It's, it's real derby rugby, but it's coming from quite a lot of loose plays, a lot of passing. So it's, uh, it's well on. It certainly is. And Quinn Roos come off. It looks like the HIA as well. Sean, Sean O'Brien's just gone on. We'll talk again at half time. There's another little offload. Good tackle in there from Sean O'Brien. He's making a few of them. McGrath showed the dummy, went right through the middle of the ruck. Connector caught out. Griffin misses the tackle. And McGrath's eventually taken down by Kieran Marmion. Pick and go at the base of the rock. Leinster underneath the conic post, four metres from the line. Another huge gain from the visitors, and it could well lead to another try. They have two on the board. They're looking for a third. They try and switch the direction of play. Ross Byrne, he has the players. He whips a pass out to Van der Fleer. Van der Fleer pops one more pass out, and Leinster in for the try. It's Rory O'Loughlin who has scored. Luke McGrath's break, the key to that score. Connacht were stretched to the limit and Leinster have three tries on the board and they're back in front, 20 points to 16. OK, William, it's half-time. Leinster lead by a point, 20 points to 19, three tries to one. What a game of rugby. Yeah, it's a great game. It's, a, it's an open game. A lot of little errors on both sides, but it's, it's, both sides are throwing the ball around. Uh, Leinster look a little bit classier and they've, uh, they've taken their chances exceptionally well. They do the basics beautifully and uh, they're a pretty hard side they're, they're, there's some hard hits going in pushing the offside line we're hanging on and hopefully in the second half they can stabilise themselves a bit we've had injuries Kieran Marmion's gone now and uh, possibly Owen McKeown so our, there's going to be guys, the, the bench is possibly going to be on very quickly but uh, it's, it's a good game uh, great atmosphere and opportunity is still there but we're going to have to tighten up and be more ruthless we certainly are. We'll talk again on 60 Minutes. Lots of extra players out wide. If Connick can go through the hands quickly, Muldoon, Ronaldson, and they did get the extra space to Sean O'Brien. Here's Tiernan O'Halloran. What an offload from O'Halloran to Griffin. Back inside to Marmion. He's tackled five metres from the line. And Connick are trying to get over the top of the ball. That was a brilliant attacking move from Connick. Back it comes. Andrew Brown, first receiver, into contact. And he stopped six metres from the line. Lots of Connick players out wide. They just need to use it. Finley Bealham. Whip pass all the way out. It comes to Heffernan. Heffernan is going to go in. And he's going to score. Dave. Heffernan gets 
Connacht second try of the game 50 minutes on the clock Connacht are back in front they're going to lead 24-20 fantastic response from Connacht great great play moving the ball from one side of the field to the other and in fairness to Dave Heffernan who has carried the ball so often and so effectively never shirking his responsibility taking on so much ball taking on so many defenders gets his just rewards hangs out wide gets the pass and gets in unopposed fantastic try by Connacht Joe world class offload from Tiernan O'Halloran there William, it's 60 minutes. The score now, Leinster 27, Connor 24. It's an amazing game of rugby. Yeah, it's all action. It's uh, it's reached the stage now. A lot of what's going on there is a bit on the mad side, but it's just, it's a proper derby game. They've got four try bonus point. We're still hanging on. A few errors have absolutely nailed us in the last couple of minutes, but they've just kept working, and Connacht, I think, are just going to play as hard as they can now. They haven't changed their approach. They're still passing the ball. Just brought the ball from behind their own goal line. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll talk again at full time. Great work, great rugby. Muldoon pick and goal. Leinster over that one. Almost forcing a turnover. Connick needed to be alive. Slow ball from Marmion. You can see how Leinster push up then. Here goes Bundyaki. Oh, that's a wonderful break from a standing start. The acceleration. And he makes 10 metres. Leinster over that ball. Leinster replacements bench screaming at the referee for a penalty and they don't get it. So maybe that's one that went to for Connick on that occasion. Oh, that's good hands all the way there from Rollison to Muldoon. And it keeps him moving and gets him an overlap out here to O'Brien from a nice pass there from Tiernan O'Halloran. And Connick make 25 metres when they could have been smashed and driven back 15 metres. Fine margins, fine lines. Cardi, Buckley, he has to move this now. That's going to be into a pathway of a Leinster boot. They've kicked it on. They're going to run in for a try. It bounces up and into the hands. I think it's Daly that's getting in for the score underneath the post. I was just talking about those fine margins. Oh, dear. That's just another sickening blow for Connacht. And uh, it was really very, very risky what they were trying to do. They were just static players in the standing deep and the Connacht back line trying to move the ball on. The onrushing Leinster defence was always being favoured in those circumstances. They were passing blind once or twice. Eventually, a boot, a Leinster boot gets to the ball and uh, it was off Dennis Buckley's pass. He was hit as he made the pass. He was static when he received it. He was a sitting duck. Uh, the replacement, number 23 for Leinster Daly, I think, uh, gets through. Uh, puts the ball uh, puts his boot to the ball the ball bounces up and he goes in under the post on a post for 7 points for, for Leinster a real sickener OK William final score Connacht 24 Leinster 37 and they were well worth their win yeah they absolutely were uh, they were the better side on the night a lot of self-inflicted wounds for Connacht just mistakes at key times handling errors a couple of interceptions a bit of panic uh, a valiant enough effort but you know Leinster, Leinster just played as if they felt they were going to win this game all the way through and um, Connacht never really got to that stage they got close but the the error count will be nasty and as many vi- video reviews they'll have to go through it and look at it again it's systems errors processors whatever you want to cost, call them but they have cost us very very deeply this evening they have indeed we'll talk again with Rob in a few minutes
It's the post-game section of the podcast. We had we really were determined to wait for everyone to be here before we started this podcast. And I'm only three sentences in, and Lindley has arrived, so she hasn't missed a beat. Sorry, I got waylaid with John Muldoon. He was just a group of young ones were desperately waiting all night for him to come out of the dressing room. So he just came out and standing there chatting to them all and signing their books and their t-shirts and their programs and so I just wanted to watch and took a little video of it and oh. just for the night that's in it. <laughs> that was well worth delaying your arrival to the podcast. Lindy McKenzie, welcome along. William Davis, good job on your John Muldoon interview. Good job on your student, Lindy. In print format from Lindley, reading the Irish Times, reading the Goy Advertiser. William, good job on the audio on the uh, interview as well, which is going to be turned into a special podcast as well, or a podcast special. Dave Finn, welcome along. Good evening, everybody. Alan, welcome along. Hey, Rob. Uh, we lost and we were well beaten, and it's five tries to two. Should we be really, really glum? No, I thought Lancer were brilliant. I they thought were, they were they? fantastic. Their work rate was amazing. Their, their attitude, they, they, they talked to each other. They did everything. They were so alive to everything. It really is, as William says, they're a Stuart Lancaster coach team now, and they're just fantastic, brilliant. It's the best Leinster performance I've seen here. We're not getting no cameo from Oshin Langan on News Talk, but I know he always listens in, so he's just walked off with about 15 bags around uh, around him, so he's done a great job there on commentary. Thanks to Oshin, friend of the podcast. Yeah, he doesn't seem to have anybody to help him no. carry the bags. <laughs> yeah. Funny that, isn't it? <laughs> he's no lackeys, does he? No, no, no he's no lackeys there. Jesus. That was a bit unnecessary. He does his own stats. You're, you're, you're going to have to just talk now. Talk. Uh, I disagree with that's the best. It's, it's a very good lens performance. I think they... I think I think I think I've never seen a team that aggressive in the, in in and in that aggressive in any. I'd say that was almost All Black esque in terms of aggression. That is the first time they've scored a bonus point try against us since two thousand and six. Dad. Okay. Well, I would point out that that would help that we actually gave them four. We gave them four of those five tries. Through yes. pressure. Through pressure that they provided yeah, on top buying. of us. It's not just us making mistakes. They put us under enormous pressure. What he said, I told caused you. Us, caused us to make mistakes, which then they capitalised on. I'm not buying that they were giveaway tries. And I, I, rarely me and Alan are 100% on the same page. But that was all true Leinster's dogleg defence. And we're going to hear from Leo, Leo Collins speak about that very fact that they had asked, he asked his players, you're going to give them space on the wit, on the ring, just trust our defence and trust and make sure you don't hold back and make the hit. And that's why they forced But the for a team that lived offside for most of the evening, and yeah, they did, obviously, obviously yeah. there was going to be pressure on Connacht and some of those intercept passes were because of that offside pressure that they were under. Maybe shouldn't have made the passes then. I thought we panicked at times with the passes. Just the wrong stage. You get a try, you get back in the game, you go down and you just hand them another score. That's, that just doesn't work. Uh, they look to me like a side that, a bit like a dirt trackers midweek Lions team. They were trained separately during the week. You were the guys going to Connacht. You're going to do a job, and they were driven for that. They, these guys aren't thinking about Claremont next week. They were thinking about tonight, and they were absolutely on the money right from the start. They're tackling, and they're they did. The tackle stats are saying we made more correct tackles than they did. I, I can't believe that. I think they missed nothing. Yes, they did live offside, but their, their, their line speed and their accuracy when they, they got to the breakdown was superb. 
Interesting, yeah. I, I also think, you know, when John Muldoon was being announced to the crowd, they were out in the field. They weren't in the huddle. They were all in their position for the kickoff. They were just, they were so tuned in. Sorry, Dean. Um, first of all, I think, I think William's right. That is a, that is, <laughs> there is a now a Pro 12 Leinster side and there is a European competition Leinster side and that was the Pro 12 side. You've just guaranteed a home semi-final with yeah. two weeks to spare. And I think, I think you will see, of those guys, I would suggest absolutely none of the bench will be in sight nor sound near the Clermont game. And I'd suggest possibly Luke McGrath, Luke McGrath, Possibly Adam Byrne and uh, Adam Byrne. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I come back to I think you need to I think yes, the pressure's out, but the reason they they were so fast is I don't care. Adam Byrne isn't Usain Bolt. He was hitting people twenty yards behind the game line. He was offside. It was an it, no, I'm sorry, I have to say this. I cannot it's you can afford you can be that aggressive. No one's to scream what you did. You can be that <laughs> aggr- you can you can be that aggressive and you can be that in your face when you know that the one of the fundamental rules is not being applied to you and therefore you can do things without the fear of being pinged for offside. And I'm sorry, no, I can't I, I think it has to be said. It was and I say and I would suggest this no, the very disagree and the reason I'm disagreeing you're talking about Adam Byrne being offside. The ball, he was doing it while the ball was being thrown 40 or 50 yards across the field, yeah, which he, means he only has he only has to get up. He just made the decision to go up and hit someone yeah, as they received the ball because he knew that. we were going yeah. to pass the ball. I'm watching the line the whole time. Adam Byrne is, Adam Byrne, well, he's the last guy. They, I, I just, I think it has to be said, for all the praise that Leinster gets, and they will get a lot of it because once they got to the line, there was no getting through it. But they were allowed to get to that line quicker than they should have. And if they'd been pinged once... Or twice, they would have. They would. It would have. It would have changed the game. Now, I think the officials made bad decisions in terms of. Call. I think the very first decision of the game was immeasurably a poor decision, which was we clearly kicked the ball out on the full, and we were given the throw in, and it made no sense to me, and that set the tone for the game. Okay. Um, but yeah, but once they got to the line, we were not getting through. They their scramble defense. The best tackle of the night is Luke McGraw and Kieran Marmy. That is the tackle. We still end up scoring, but we still end up scoring. But we have to say that's a great tackle. I think in that battle, I think McGrath wins. Yeah. Um, I just feel it annoyed me because it allowed them to go. But we have to say, once they got to the line, we weren't getting through. They were just so much better than us and much more aggressive. Okay, I want to stay on this topic. I actually got two or three questions for Leo Collins all on my own at the end. Just wanted to see how he approached Connacht, what he thinks about how teams have started to train or started to play against Connacht and what they've done to figure Connacht out during the season. Leo, I'm just curious. How did you approach tonight's game in terms of, I watched when you got off the bus, you went straight onto the pitch. Is, is that a normal routine or was there something about the sports ground, what happened last year, a young team? Was there something in particular about this fixture that you wanted to get their mindset right when you took them out to that pitch maybe an hour and a half before the game? Um, yeah, we do it sometimes when we're away from home um, just to get the, obviously we travelled today so we left uh, we left our building yesterday at 12, quarter past 12 so. Um, we head to a hotel, and you know it's just about getting out and being comfortable with the plan. Um, you know, sometimes when you have that long day, uh, minds can drift. So yeah, it was just about getting, making sure the players are clearing the plan. Um, you know, I, I can st- <laughs> I can still remember the game last year, seven six at the end. Uh, I thought Nigel Owen should have given us a penalty for a scrum at the very end. It was seven six, and obviously that penalty would have if we kicked the penalty there, we would have won the game nine seven. But it wasn't to be, um, but uh, yeah, no, I thought guys, obviously it was different there today. I thought we controlled the game a little bit better. Um, even after going behind when Connor scored that try, started the second half to score straight away again. Um, again, turnover came from good defensive pressure. So um, yeah, no, it was 
it's totally very very different yeah but no it was the the walkthrough was just about I suppose that sense of familiarity there's a feeling out there that a lot of teams have just put an extra bit of focus on Connacht this year teams got caught by Connacht last year obviously they won the title you mentioned it yourself is that something you did did you look at Connacht differently this season to get these two wins against them in terms of how you contain them and how you approach their, your defence in particular yeah definitely um, yeah, Connacht were in just got an incredible role last year and obviously continued that momentum and um, all the way to win the win the title so um yeah, you're, you're trying to figure out teams all the time how do, how we came unstuck against them so badly um, and it wasn't really in the games we played each other in the in the in the league if you think there was the two regular season games were both very very tight games very tight one in the RDS and pretty atrocious conditions and 7-6 here um, and you remember the, the try that was scored it was the way the ball was kicked back in field and it, it bounced and kicked to the left where John Fogarty had been doing his scrums in the in-ball area before the game and it plugged it in and turns the marmy and chased it. So. so it was all John uh, Fogarty's fault then, yeah? Oh, that's right, I keep blaming him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was more in the final, I thought, you know, dry track in Edinburgh we, that where we, we came unstuck. So, um, But, yeah, all the time you're trying to learn from your your defeats and even the games that you've won and where you've been exposed. So, um and even still, kind of exposes on a couple of occasions today. So we haven't got the um, exact formula for all the troubles yet. Okay, so that was Leo Cullen, and he gave us some interesting insight into how they approach Connacht, which we appreciate. We've got a few minutes with him to chat about that. So let's move it on a little bit to how Connacht used the ball, how to use possession. That's what we we're kind of talking about there. And William, you were just saying some things that you've seen in the last few games were evident here again. It's been all season, really. There's a lot of time the ball just gets shoveled on in the line. It's passed maybe for the sake of passing it, and they don't make enough yardage, and teams are not afraid of us with the ball. Mm. They, they feel they can defend against it. They won't stop every single time, but if they stop 60 or 65% of it, they're, they're in control even if we've got a lot of percentage possession. And tonight we did what we did. We kept doing it. At one stage, yep, we got the ball from behind the goal line and we went. And we, we, we did well out of that. We scored two tries. But the, they're going to have to change next season. They're gonna have, that's what a new management structure, a new coaching structure will bring in. They'll, start, they'll have to play something different because I think we've been figured out. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I, I think that maybe there just needs to be a little bit more variety in, in the Connacht play. You know, they always talk about in the old days about, you know, earning the right to go wide and that, that whole point about, as you say, shoveling the ball across, yes, it's very skillful handling, but you just sometimes you just want two or three forwards to try to get together and maul it up and for a change, or when it comes out the back, to put a little dink over the top of them. Yeah. Alan, here's a thought. Uh, going towards the playoff, one thing that will happen is if you're going to play Northampton or Harlequins away from home... Or Gloucester. Or Gloucester, Grand and Bath have been spoken about as well, but whatever. Whoever we end up playing, they won't have focused us anything like these Pro 12 sides. No. Maybe it'll be a chance in good weather to play a kind of rugby that teams will stand off us. It could suit us. Yeah, but they do play a lot of running rugby in England these days. It's not like the old, you know, four or five years ago when it was bis bash bosh. Um, they still play quite a lot of running rugby over there. Um, so I think they'll be... They'll be quite happy for us to do, to do that. We just yeah, need to be we're a shifting bit. a lot of tries at the moment. Yeah, in every game, three. Well, three, surprisingly, five. we up until today, 
we were only one try worse off at conceding than we were at this point last year. Yeah, it's just those last couple of games that we're looking at, 3-3 three, three and 5 now. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I was looking at that too, yeah. So, like, our defence isn't that much different okay. to what it was last year. It's sure. in the attack, it's not scoring. It's the problem is we're not scoring enough tries. You know, I think, look, at the end of the day, I think these these games are really preparation for the playoffs. Yeah. You know, the whole point was to qualify, and I think preferably tonight, below Cardiff, mission accomplished. And I think, but I, I, I think Almost. in terms of, of, of tonight's match, I thought the intensity levels were just were spot on, and I thought that was probably the first time all year that we have seen those intensity levels from both sides. And I do think that it, in that sense, it was good preparation. Look, obviously there were a few mistakes, a few handling mistakes. You know, there's a few passes that went wild. Someone wasn't in the right place. I think the last one, you know, with, with that turn and throughout, yes. he expected. He expected or somebody yeah. to yeah. be there. He's so um, grumpy when he wasn't. And and and, and, and and last year those sorts of things did work. Yeah. This year they're not quite there yet. But I do think that the effort that was put in tonight and the determination yeah. Yeah. and the intensity is very good preparation for the next couple of games. Yeah, the other thing that was noticed one night, the communication on the field. People were talking to each other, people were organising and they kept going. They didn't really let their heads drop because Leinster never got completely away from them. No, uh, that last try was kind of cruel. Yeah, that, that was a cruel one, uh, and that—that's what happens when. That's what happens to sides that are playing well and have been winning games, and they like get us those last up. season. Yes, against the Ospreys, for example, here we robbed them. Yeah, that—that's what happens. You—you—you you, you may it happens, maybe because you've—you've you've just played that little bit better during the game. Um, they are getting ready for a playoff. And I suppose the the, the the concern tonight, just injuries again. The injuries knee, are knee, huge, huge. the injuries are just mounting up now. Knee went off there. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Quinn Roo uh, appeared to f- to fail a HIA, so he's going to be. But they've a two week gap now to get ready again. So Neckley will come here with a lot to play for. So that's going to be another big tough game. Um, and well, I think one one good addition is the fact that Manitz Boschoff is back yes. and was obviously on the sideline tonight, taking taking part from the sideline. So obviously he's going to be back playing. One would assume in the next couple of weeks. Well, maybe Young Crosby might get a run because I thought he did okay when he came on again. He gives us something. He gives us something different. He took an awful hit and then he bounced back up, and made ten meters. I like that tenacity. Yeah, um, it's. I think. I don't know if it, it, Pat mentioned it. I think you're going to see a situation where there's going to be some. Interesting yeah. selections. I think. I, I think yeah. there has to be a balance. I, I, I think there is going to be a situation where you're going to see. Don't be too surprised if, if, if you're going to, if you hear the announcement going. Well, that's a race. Or you're yeah. already we'll going to use about twenty eight players. Yeah. The next because I, I, I think I think the two players he mentioned. He mentioned Daryl Leader and Keen Gather were coming back. We know Martz is going to come back. There's other guys going to come back as well. Yeah. Um, but we are. I mean, we we lost four in the fir- effectively we lost four by the end of the first half because um, the injury that Marmo eventually went off with was a bang to the eye. He didn't seem right after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Omi failed the HIA. We know Qu- Quinn was already injured. That was the worst part. He got he got an ankle knock and then promptly. The best player on the pitch hit him, in the, hit him accidentally with his shoulder, um, and uh, and he did the hamstring, which you know gives us also gives you some idea how fast Adam Byrne is. Okay, so here is Pat Lamb speaking to us afterwards, followed by Owen Griffin. Lots of detail from Owen Griffin. Well, where to listen? Pat, I was looking at some of the statistics beforehand. Our interprovincial record has obviously remarkably improved under your tenure, which is something you're very proud of this season. Though a couple of home defeats, and I'd say this one will rankle as well, even though it was a bigger margin than than what we saw against Munster. Yeah, was, you know, again, can't fault the effort, and um, but when uh, you know three tries from intercepts or turnovers, one from a forward pass, um, 
you know, pretty pretty much summed it. They, um, you know, we we. We, we, you know, we gifted them quite a few points, but uh, you know, I think um, yeah, the boys knew the significance of the game, and um, and um, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, again, errors uh, have hurt us. Kind of came from nine points down to lead on twenty minutes, led again on about thirty minutes, and then you led in the second half as well. That probably tells a more of a tale of a more balanced game. And, and there was a, a lot of positives from an attacking point of view. Yeah, there was, but I think we got to be, you know, we disappointed with, like, particularly in the beginning, like our defence we were really tight. And but you know, I think when you you work hard and then boom, you watch a guy run down the other end, and then you're losing, you know, players in the first half. You know, I think Neasy chased back did a hamstring and. Um, Quinn Roo's gone early, um, you know, and those sort of things. But credit to the boys, they just keep coming back. But I think then the game was sitting nicely at, um, I think we scored the game to uh, try to go ahead. And then um, when Lear went offload, it actually got knocked down. And uh, but the, the officials didn't see it, so if he'd got that, if that pass was away, you know, we were going up again, so it could have been a back to back score. But it went the other way and they scored, so. Um, and then again, it was, it was back and forth, back and forth. And then, unfortunately, I think um, I think when Dennis threw the ball out and uh, under pressure, and easy try again down the other side. So then you're chasing the game, you know. And against a good side, I mean, they, they, you've got to give a lot of credit to Leinster. Geez, they, it's not the individuals; the, the whole structure and everything that they're doing on attack and defence is uh, significantly improved from from last year, which is great. It's great to see and. Um, and through that, the individuals and uh, you know can shine. The young guys are coming through with clarity, is um, and uh, it's good for us rugby. In terms of what Connacht they're trying to achieve in the here and now, forgetting about last year, it's all about trying to get into Champions Cup. It's all about those two playoff games. Uh, hopefully, yeah. with that in mind, you're not going to meet someone a team as strong as Leinster, even when they're missing their frontliners and playing that kind of rugby. Were Connacht better tonight? Are you getting closer to getting the level to the level you need to be at come May 20th? Yeah, we talked about it. John spoke about it in the change room. It's just fine margins. You know, we're not far off. It's just little things. You know, little things are hurting us. Whereas last year they were, you know, they were going our way. This way it wasn't. You know, we're not getting the rub of the green on calls and stuff too. But um, we just have to, um, you know, as long as the effort's going in and, and the opportunities are there, it's over to us to take it and obviously not give them the opportunity. You know, like I'd be sitting there frustrated if we were losing and we had no show or, or even look like scoring. Um, but, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of good learnings from here. These guys, just they can, they can continue to just pick up and, uh, you know, gain experience and... Um, and we'll, we'll hold them in good stead. I think the main thing, is, as I said from my whole tenure here, is I want guys with belief, and uh, there's belief that we can beat any team. It's just uh, making sure that we're able to execute it. Well, it's good to start that game, really, because of knees uh, injury. So from that point of view, you're just kind of smiling, but you got a lot more game time than you expected. Uh, just talk us through those early stages and coming on the field and what you wanted to try and do. Uh, yeah, I definitely got a lot more than I bargained for. Um, no, I uh, I trained all week um, covering wing mostly. Just haven't done it. I think since my first or second season here, and before that, I think I could have been under 13s. But um, yeah, so I trained all week. Uh, obviously, didn't really expect to come on at wing. It was more of a if 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 needs must, and uh, someone went down. Obviously. Very unfortunate for Neasy, went down uh, with his hammy chasing back. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 
personally, it's 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 difficult. It's obviously uh, not a position I'm used to, so I probably felt I wasn't uh, in the game quite as much as I'd like to be. Uh, didn't have as, as many involvements kind of on the ball uh, in attack and defence as I would like, but that's just the nature of the position, nature of where you are. Um, so it was a little bit frustrating um, how how easily we kind of uh, conceded scores, especially after working quite hard to get our own and a lot of good play, especially with ours. But um, I mean, that's that's just the, the nature of it when you play Leinster. They're they're ridiculously good at the breakdown. I thought um, they're they're just all, all around the park, especially in their pack. They're just they're really good over the ball. Uh, slowed down a lot of our ball. We ended up having kind of three or four lads in the breakdown when and not getting as quick ball as we would like. So, um, you know, and and despite that, we still create a lot of attacking opportunities. But uh, we didn't capitalise on some of them, and then obviously it just kind of turned over. And they might get a um, a few kind of scores against the run of play. Uh, obviously, Adam Byrne got one, and then uh, Daly got one in the second half as well. So frustrating, I suppose, for the most part. Leo Cullen talked about the fact that one thing to try to do and get Connacht is push up the dog leg is the way I term it but it's probably advanced a little bit since they talk about that but the whole thing saying trust that don't let Connacht get out don't worry about Connacht getting outside you because you're going to shut off the pass that must be really frustrating to play against the offside lines really push to the limit and if they don't cut you off as we saw tonight we made some big big gains but at the same time if they do they can force turn over Yeah that's that's the I suppose the risk with that sort of a defence mm. um, I think Wales brought it in maybe 10-15 years ago and they were kind of the masters of it also especially for a while um, and yeah exactly like you said there it's it's uh, it's risk and reward they were obviously trying to get up in the eye line of whoever was throwing that pass so they wouldn't throw that pass I thought Jack threw a couple of nice beauties over the top um, and we, we we made yards off it we made gains um, but then yeah the, the other side of the coin is uh, a lot of times we had to kind of dummy and go back in and then you get caught uh, you know in an area of the pitch you don't really want to be it's not part of the structure so then you go have to go back into something to try and either get to the width or get back into the middle so where we can go back again um so it is it, you know it's a little bit frustrating they obviously had their homework done they um you could even hear them talking up a couple of things um that we would do that would be our um, our kind of go-to structure and they, they were calling it out readying themselves for it so um, I mean fair play to them they're a well-drilled side um, but yeah frustrating I suppose is the main thing Still got two tries from it I think this whole season now is about these playoffs it's kind of a strange scenario to be in because no point of hiding the fact that these next couple of games don't mean a whole lot in terms of standings but they do mean a lot in terms of momentum I guess towards those semi-finals Yeah exactly it's uh, it's all about momentum now at the moment the two sides we're playing are obviously going for top four I'm not sure if they're guaranteed that or not yet I know both had uh, wins today um, so yeah, obviously we're, we're going to be at home uh, against Scarlets uh, not next weekend, the weekend after um, they'll, I, I can only assume we'll be full strength really gunning for a win I don't think this has been the happiest hunting ground for them it's, um, in the last couple of years especially last year obviously we um, kind of did a job on them um, yeah so look uh, yeah, there's, there's an element of that that there's you know we, we are guaranteed either 8th or 7th um, but like at the end of the day, you know, you're a rugby player. It's it's your job. You you go out to win games. I mean, it's it's. I don't think there'll be any lack of ambition or um, 
or motivation um, for those last two games. Um, like you said, it's all about getting momentum for, for the tail end of the season. It's going to be uh, a huge game, regardless whether it's uh, whether it's a French club or a, or an English club. Uh, it's obviously an away game, so that's going to be tough. So as much momentum as you can bring into that game, um, you know, there might be a couple injuries between now and then. Lads need to step up, whatever it is. So these next two games will be pretty vital. Great stuff from Owen Griffin. We're in the final section of the podcast. Nearly want to wind things up. Have we said enough about this? I thought Dave Heffernan was very good. Yeah, yeah. I think there was some there was some good displays out there from from Connacht uh, from Connacht players. Yes, he he's one of those players that can really take huge advantage in the next four or five games because Tom McCartney is ahead of him most of the time. It's his chance yeah. to stand up. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's done well. I think he's been involved in every Pro 12 game this season. If I'm right. Um, we should so have a little bell for every stat. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I thought I thought Andrew Brown had another good game. He's really developed, and I think he's excellent tonight. I thought he was very good. Um, and Sean O'Brien, when he came on, once again played very, very well. Do you know what I thought played well too overall. John will do. And do you know what I thought he did really well? And Joe Healy talked to me about this. So I don't know, William, you take this up if you want. But it was like I was saying, Joe, he's making these little gains to get us back on the front foot. And Joe says, you know what that is? It's his footwork. It's all about his footwork. He doesn't. He, he protects himself well from stupid, pointless contact, and he gets on. He gets his body into such a position that when you're on the back foot, one stage, the three points we got before half time, we lost twenty meters. He took the ball up, made a meter and a half, and offloaded to McKeown, and we're back on the front foot. Yeah, he was he was really involved in the game, and uh, he does that, mm. and it, and that's coming maybe from the fact that as he's getting older, he's losing a little bit of speed, so he's having to be a little bit cuter around the park, <laughs> and he was very determined. He drove in hard there a couple of times, and at one stage he had the full double teapot on when something happened. He was absolutely livid, but he was so far out on the wing here he couldn't actually express that too loudly. So it was it was just body language. I think he was very disappointed when he was he'd been interviewed at the end because he he wanted to win this. You, of course you do it's, but that's sport you don't always get what you want and uh, he as he says they'll just have to get ready and go again there's, 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 they've still got there's two Pro 12 games to go and then there's a playoff game so there's three games minimum left in the season hopefully there's four you can rest assured Lindley that if Connick do get through these playoffs and get back to the Champions Cup he's going to play a pivotal role so he knows these next few weeks are going to be so important for himself and for his team well I, I, I think John understands that he is the captain and the leader at this stage of the Connor team and it's at a vital time of the season when the players need to to do this and they need to do it for themselves and for their supporters and I think John is very much the fulcrum of that. I think when you were talking about his fancy footwork it just reminded me of a conversation we had during the interview I did with him when he said he believed that the new type of rugby actually suited him the old rugby, he said, where it was just like bashed up the middle and, you see, John's neither the biggest nor the tallest. He mm. said that the new rugby actually showed off his skills right. and he believed that he actually was a skillful player but under the old type of rugby, yeah, yeah. he never was able, you, you weren't able to see that as much. So he always did say, when you're talking about his fancy footwork, that he actually always believed that he, he had the skills. You just mentioned skills. Oh, well, Alaron was excellent tonight. I just thought he was really in the mood. He has improved exponentially each season but his his explosion this this year is just spectacular he is playing with supreme confidence he 
was the player to go way back to what William said about and, and then he said about shoveling the ball we have been shoveling the ball and shoveling the ball and then Tiernan gets the ball and he's the first one in the game now others did it later on but he was the first one to go sod this for a game of soldiers let's run straight and Leinster, did, Leinster did struggle with it yeah. um, because it's straight lines um, and he does it every time every time you run the ball you think well he either pa- he will not if he can at all help, but do just take the contact. He will either look for the gap and go for the break, or he will try to off, he will try to pass to a guy in a better position. Even the one that went out of touch here, that was not necessarily his fault. That was bad positioning by the player who should have been on the wing. But every time he gets the ball now, I think other teams are scared of him. There aren't enough of the rest of the team needs to step up to that. And if anything was to happen to him, we'd lose an awful lot of our attacking threat. But at, as of now, I think, given the injuries to other fullbacks, he is probably, of the four, of the four problems, that he is probably yeah. the best fullback there. Why and, wasn't in our last squad for the England game? Never I, think, and I, I think the only thing that, the only thing that is putting Andrew Conway, and Andrew Conway is a very good player, is, is that Andrew is Conway is playing in a team that is actually having a successful season and Tuna O'Halloran is playing for is playing you, for Canada. Yeah, yeah I, I think you're right. I, right, I think that might be part of the reason, but it, it's obviously a nonsense reason, which I'm sure you agree with me. Okay, but, I think we're nearly there. I feel fairly okay, relatively all right about this. Is that wrong? Am I wrong? No, no, I thought Bundy was another one who played really well Welcome tonight. Call. That was a, He was back to... It's to taken him a few old. games. It's taken him a few games to get back up there and he okay definitely was there. But yeah, I... You can't argue with the result. I thought Leinster were a better team. They were more clinical. Their their basics were brilliant. Um, they did everything really well. Everyone knew exactly what they needed to do out there, and, and, and they handled us very well. And the way the game's been played now, it's about systems and structures, isn't it? So you you, you probably the first to be saying this. You know, eleven changes, not system and structure, but what I mean is Leinster play a way that they can take eleven players out, and their their squad still plays that way. So you don't end up focusing on the fact that Chirpus they left eleven players behind. They shouldn't be scoring five tries on us. No, they should if they play the game that way, no matter who they put. Yeah, I think they, they have a phrase, was it control chaos or... or yeah, that's got to structure is not the right way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, they, they, they play in chaos. So as soon as the ball goes free, they're alive to doing something with it. They're alive to going forward with the ball. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just I was really impressed with them. I just thought they were they were brilliant. William, there's some Leinster players that stood out. We have some Leinster listeners. They can feel really good about Claremont's game, the Claremont game next week because they have a squad of about 40 players who are all playing reasonably good rugby. Well, van der Flyer had an immense game. He is, well, whatever he's called. He's <laughs> I'm relieved. That's what I was calling what Alan said. Right, well, that's fair enough. Well, uh, but he was just in a different league at times out there and you can and they reckon maybe Sean Levy's better so it's you know they, there's a there's a Dan, there's Levy. Dan Levy there you go is Dan Levy is it yeah, oh, Dan Levy. Uh, well it's just that's the way they've 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 got this flow through of players I, I think Stuart Lancaster's paws are all over this team yeah uh, the way they work it's the way he had England playing and England just it didn't quite work on international level but it's a belief and it's work rate, and it's it's cutting down on errors. I thought Ross Maloney was really good. I think he yeah. looks like a really good second yeah. row, wasn't he? He was he was brilliant. Yeah, he was very very forceful. Yeah, you know, very forceful around the field. Did Didn't take a backward step. That I, I, I oh, that, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. He was a star, an absolute star, under twenties. Fantastic player, under twenties, and yeah, he's starting to grow into his frame and he's definitely um, another coming man and Barry Daly is a great player but he was having an absolute mare and then he gets the easiest try ever and you know what I like about it when he, when he touched down he shook his head because he knew well he got burnt by Nali Adawa he had had a bad few minutes to be fair to be fair he's a good player though to be fair you can't play he had a bad game he didn't come on until the 16 yeah, minutes yeah I know um, but I just I mentioned um, twice where he got burnt and then you could see when he we also down. need to say I mean 
we wouldn't necessarily be the the biggest fans of the Kearney brothers, but we have to say it is cruel that Dave Kearney gets injured again. It just happens to somebody. He's basically this year's Luke Fitzgerald. He's getting yeah. injured every time he goes, and that looked nasty. And he knew straight away, and he was shaking his head. So we wish him the best there. Um, I I'd almost argue you apart from maybe apart from the front row. I'd almost argue that you could play ten of that team against Clermont and you wouldn't lose as much. Now I think the position I think you would change the out half because I think you've got if you've got Carberry and Sexton, I think Ross Byrne doesn't stand a chance playing next week. But I think the two centres are do are consistently good. I don't I don't think they do anything spectacular. They don't give yeah. you the, they don't give you that spectacular. No, Reed, Reed had a hand to play in two tries at least. And I think I think O'Loughlin if he gets if he gets more game, if he gets into these European yeah. games will do well. Like but you mean, I mean, he's only if you look at the guys, I mean, Tom Daly is a, is a sevens player, and he's and he's a, he's an under twenty captain. He's not going to play next week, and he comes on. And then there's guys who weren't even close. I mean, Julie, I mean, look at them, Mike McCarthy, Mick Kearney. They weren't in that squad today, and they probably might not play next week. The depth, the difference in depth is just spectacular. I think that's exactly it. It's the depth, and it says Pat Lamb would always say it's the competition that you have yeah. in training. Yeah. They obviously have it. That team out there tonight looked like they had played together like you know for years they actually played the way Connett played last season in fact and I think that is the issue that Pat Lamb has had this year with and he he alluded to it even tonight again that's probably the most injuries he's he's ever had in his time here and I think that has been an issue for Pat and for Connett this season but they look like a team who obviously you know, as as Pat would say, the competition breeds the yeah. success, and the, and and they're just lucky that Leinster that Leinster are lucky that they have it. Well, we need to look at our injury issue. I know it's it's contact sport and stuff, but we've been we've been talking we have been talking about this now all through last season. It was managed, and we got away with it. It's cost us very harshly this year I don't know what the answers are no, there could have been two three more wins there and we might still be with a you know, scraping chance yeah. of getting the top six out of that. but it, you'd be interested to know how many uh, Leinster guys are actually not available for selection at the moment there's obviously a few through injury but you know we're, we're starting to run on the fumes again hopefully some people coming back uh, in the next couple of weeks so that the, you can bring fresh faces in fresh faces help any squad just to change difference or somebody thinking I have to keep my level up here because there's a guy right on my tail looking for my place okay any other business I'm going to start which isn't any other business because in relation tonight but 10 months on from us talking about you know Leinster and Leo Cullen and Lancaster and who's in charge and the dine- and the body language in the captain's run the, night- the day before the Pro 12 final and all that kind of stuff just from an Irish point of view and for Leinster's sake I'm blooming delighted to see the whole body language of everyone involved in that team including Leo Cullen everyone is happy in their own skin and that's proof that you can bring a guy like Stuart Lancaster in and you can still keep an Irish talent like Leo Cullen involved in the coaching role and having a big impact I think it's, it's I think Leo Cullen's shown the, the, the confidence in himself that he could bring someone like Stuart Lancaster Class, in and yeah. give him the option to do whatever he wanted to do and Still, still take it on and realise he's still the boss I think that's it shows that a lot of classiness on, on um, Leo Cullen's part I think it also shows that he's actually um, an, an intelligent man yes yeah. look how, look how relaxed and like, he is look more power to Leinster next week I think we all agree we're all behind them we have a lot of Leinster listeners and Munster listeners so best of luck to Bodie I know we slag you off sometimes but that's all part of the fun we wish you all well in your could you imagine I'm, I mean Leinster Munster final Leinster Munster final I mean I do like I do like I do like I do like Clermont I really do I think they're a lovely team but I think Leicester have a better chance of beating them but my god if Monster bet yeah. Saracens 
it's going to take it's going to nationalistic take moralistic grounds I think that would be huge yeah, yeah no, it's Saracens Claremont for me I think any, any other business people I think it'll be Saracens Leinster myself but um, I, do, most, I really like Leinster but I just think Claremont looked so good they haven't come across haven't done much like in France Leinster, have they like Brief beat them a couple of weeks ago in their own venue yeah and, and you know Leinster are just incredible. I'm changing my good. mind I'm changing my Leinster and this is too late right, no, no, it's good. you know it's good for Irish rugby any other business yeah goalposts not painted come on if we get this playoff can we all agree mm-hmm. Connacht rugby that if we do get this home playoff we'll paint the Blooming Globe I'll do it I'll do it for them if we'll all want. come down in May and do yeah, it yeah yeah I'll do it a craggy special we'll do it for charity yeah Lindley any other business um, new, new media room this evening in in, in the headquarters. We have been moved from downstairs to upstairs, which was part of the old boardroom, which in fact was actually, I think, too big for purpose. So we now have half the upstairs boardroom. We get a great view. We even get we even get our own outside terrace to stand on if we if we if we so like. Um, I understand it's pressure of space and that it's now the fact that Connet is growing so much bigger in terms of personnel and so I think the space that we once used downstairs will now be used possibly for um, the rest of possibly staff that are involved in playing staff. Yeah, and they're just doing those little things. I, I caught a glimpse of the training rooms on the TV screen. They look a little bit different. I think they've done some work in there as well. Maybe they've done that months ago, but they're just doing lots of work. Uh, William, any other business? Nope. So happy William did a good job this week he's going to take a week off he's doing commentary on Connick versus Scarlet can we announce that now because we just have yeah you can yes you can announce it I'm off to watch the Dodgers the Portland Timbers and whatever team <laughs> plays in Nelson British Columbia because I'm taking a bit of time off you I'm, I'm going to be statsman there yeah he's going to be statsman William's going to be on commentary Joe Healy on co-commentary best of luck thank you briefly we need to Big up the underage kids. Uh, firstly, Sean Masterson, brother of Owen, ca- of Corinthians, uh, captain of the England of the Ireland of the 19s team in the tournament over in France, and Corey Reid from I think he's I assume he's Buccaneers because he's in Marist. They haven't actually said what club he's with, but I, I would work on the principle he's with Buccaneers. If I'm wrong, Marist, I, 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 I apologise. We'll he's de- up Marist. He's is, definitely yeah. he's definitely of Marist. Uh, well done to him. Niall Murray of the other rugby school in, in Athlone, uh, St Aloysius, been starting at five for the England for the Ireland. I keep saying England, but I don't know why. I guess for the Ireland under uh, 18s team, and there is an Ireland under 18s schools and clubs team in which Keen Huxford of Corinthians and Hugh Lane of Gaul Regions have both played uh, Adrian Flavin is on the coaching team of the under 18s team and Ambrose Conway is on the coaching squad of the under 19 teams that's it from us thanks folks do we have a week off yes yeah we might do a podcast next week I, I did an interview with Eamon Malloy who's oh, the rugby coach yeah. uh, manager in Connacht Branch which is quite interesting and we might try that out next week yeah why not I'd like to say thank you to everybody for the very nice positive feedback about the, the Jack Anson interview it was the first one I'd done for the podcast I really do appreciate your feedback uh, anything uh, any, anything people people want to hear it I can put it up I'll put it up separately but it also will be going up on the website yeah talk to you in a few weeks I'm on holiday well done Rob enjoy it Thank you.